Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to my podcast. This is Dominique Bomonte. This is Season with Salt, and this is Episode 9. So, this episode, I'm going to focus on college. I need to preface this by saying that I am a big fan of Amanda Seals' podcast entitled Small Doses. And most recently, Amanda Seals did a podcast entitled The Side Effects of College. During the episode, The Side Effects of College, she talks about her journey to undergraduate and graduate school, and I found this to be extremely, extremely, extremely expiring, and I thought to myself, you know what, I'm going to share my journey, um, because I think that it might be inspirational or at least interesting to other people. So, here it goes. Going to college is, in fact, indeed, one of the uh, greatest accomplishments of my life. And I don't say that because I'm different or better than anybody else, because I know that there are a lot of people who have gone to college. And I want to preface this discussion by saying that I have a bachelor's degree um, from the University of Oregon in ethnic studies and journalism, and I have a master's degree in educational leadership um, from the University of Nevada, Las Vegas, and I'm currently a second year seminary student at the Fuller Theological uh, Seminary. I wanted, I wanted to preface it by that because I don't want people to be like, oh yeah, I gotta wait till the end to find out like how it all ended. It's still going. I have, um, to give you a little bit of context, um, I grew up uh, in foster care primarily. Um, my uh, mother is mentally disabled, and she I'm her firstborn oldest child. And um, essentially the first eight to nine years of my life, um, I lived with her, a variety of foster parents, as well as my maternal grandmother, who... Um, did not raise my mother either, but um, became a part of her life as an adult. My mother also was a foster child. Uh, my mother did not complete high school, and she did not go to college. And so, uh, a part of my testimony um, is that I'm a first-generation college graduate. Um, I'm uh, really, really elated to say that um, both uh, my two brothers um, both have um, bachelor's and associate's degrees. Um, well, my brother is a um, barber, barber college, and my other brother went to uh, Eastern Washington University. But my story starts off um, a little bit rocky, so probably when my mother started having kids again, 
uh, when I was about eight or nine, six, between six and eight, um, she decided um, that because she was having so many kids that she could not care for, she wanted us all to be together. And essentially we all um, were um, at the, in the same foster uh, home, which um, became uh, a loving home for which we are appreciative and we have a great family. Um, that loves us. Uh, and so we don't really consider ourselves to be foster kids. Um, we just consider ourselves to be a part of their family and we're grateful to God that they have embraced us as such. I um, was not the best student. I had a lot of challenges academically. Um, I do consider myself to be smart, but I'm not certain that um, I sort of was built to be um, an educational scholar. Uh, my grades, for the most part, were subpar. Um, while in middle school, um, I um, took a break from uh, traditional middle school to attend uh, alternative school um, and was actually pulled out of alternative school um, for which I went probably about the middle of the seventh grade um, and was pulled out of alternative school around the first day of high school um, because I was essentially not learning anything in alternative school and probably not meant to be there. Um, but I can talk about that on a different day. Um, but I was fortunate enough to um, have a successful um, high school experience, which led to um, applying to a number of colleges, primarily as historically black colleges and universities. Um, however, um, being a foster kid, um, once you turn 18, um, the, the resources provided um, to your foster parent are no longer available. Um, and so um, because of that, um, I um, was forced to move um, when I, not after I turned 18, because I turned 18 in October, um, and because I hadn't graduated from high school yet, um, I was um, allowed to stay in the home where I was. Um, 10 days after I graduated, um, I um, had to move, um, and I lived uh essentially um, with my uh, birth mother in her very small, like 400 square foot apartment in Seattle, Washington. I had intended to go to an HBCU, but had not heard back about financial aid and had heard a lot of horror stories about um, what it would be like to get across the country and not have adequate financial aid, not know anything about um, uh, what where I was going to be living and so on. And because um, I had been awarded the state and because um, I was, I mean, to a certain extent homeless um, and did not have a job, um, it was just not possible for me to even get across the country to attend a four-year historically black college or university. So um, it was my counselor um, who had recommended 
that um, while um, she found that I was a very promising student, that it would be ideal for me to apply to some state schools um, in Oregon and in Washington, um, just in case the HBCU uh, option did not pan out. And so I applied to the University of Washington and the University of Oregon. Uh, and my, it just so happened that um, the first formal um, acceptance letter that I got was actually, actually the first formal acceptance letter that I got was from the Talladega College, I think it was in Alabama. Um, I think my list was Grambling and Grambling and uh, an institution in Virginia, HBCU, that I never can remember. That's not happening. Um, but I um, was like really stuck to go there, but I hadn't heard anything all summer and I was just sort of living, you know, like on almost nothing. Um, one day um, I learned not only that I got into the University of Oregon, but that they had an orientation that was required for all students. And so since there was nothing else that I could really rely on, I had $39 and a train ticket to the University of Oregon cost $39. So I got on this train and rode from Seattle, Washington to Eugene, Oregon. Um, and went to this orientation for which I could not afford and was unsure how I was going to pay for aside from the training ticket. I went there, um, I spent the night, I registered for classes, and essentially the rest is history. Um, the, the summer, um, and it's interesting because I recently went back to University of Oregon after 15 years, 15 years after graduating in 2003, and it was interesting because I had like a blue tub, um, which had any in all of my belongings, um, my clothes, anything that I owned was in this blue tub that I um, kept with me all summer. And when it was time for me to go to college again, I, I, my mom found enough money for me to get on the train and go back to Eugene. And I walked from the train station to the place which would be my dorm room and the 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 thing um the, the most memorable experience for me was getting to the place that would be my dorm room and the university president had been helping students carry their um their belongings and i had this one blue tub and i walked up to the dorms and the university president grabs my <laughs> boo crate and helps me to my room, which was kind of interesting. And the, 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 I didn't go with the parents. Nobody was with me. Nobody like took me there. I didn't have a cell phone. I just had this blue crate and myself. And I remember like seeing all of these people and their kids like parents and kids and like smaller siblings like helping their um siblings like get situated and i had this blue tub and i felt like oh my gosh this is really overwhelming i'm not gonna survive here like there is just no way 
that I'm gonna survive here. I don't know anybody. I didn't have a blanket. I didn't have any sheets. Like I didn't like I didn't have I didn't have like a target run. I didn't have any gift cards to go and like get anything. Like I didn't have anything. And I sat on the bed. I think that like eventually like financial aid came in and I took the leftover from my financial aid check and like went to Target and bought a blanket and a couple of crates. Um, in my experience, um, thankfully, um, the University of Oregon community, especially the black faculty and staff that were there, like really um, embraced me. I ended up, um, even though I had to pay for my first year, but I ended up getting a full ride scholarship um, for the duration of my time um, at the university. Um, and I, 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 it was just a, a, a true blessing to me. And after my four-year experience there and really growing and developing as a leader, being able to be um, president of the BSU and a, a number of things, joining a fraternity, all that great stuff. Like after my four years there, like I had a lot of confidence in my ability, but graduating like felt the same way that it did to get there because while other people were graduating and they were moving home and they had places to go that wasn't my experience i stayed in eugene every summer um i didn't go home for the summer most of the holidays i did not go home for while i was in college um with the exception of going to seattle for all of the christmases um and when i um graduated like i just didn't know what to do um, I graduated in four years. Most of my friends that I grew to love graduated in five years. And so I was sort of graduating before them because I changed my major. And I didn't know what was going to happen. And the only thing that I knew that I could do well was be a student. That's the, the most confidence that I had in myself was I um, know how to be a student. So I'm going to apply for grad school. So I applied for like five or six grad schools. Um, my top choice was Seattle University. And I kind of put all my eggs in that basket. I'm going to move back to Seattle. I'm going to live in the dorms. I'm going to get a, a graduate assistantship. And I'm going to reunite with my family and friends. I'm going to enjoy my experience there. Um, I was notified that year that um, I could. I was I was invited to a campus interview. I went to the campus interview at Seattle University. I had a full experience there where I interviewed with people. All that I was just really excited. And then I got a letter um, from the Seattle University after my interview saying that I had not been accepted. And so, as you can imagine, like I was just lost. Like. No, no plan for the future, unsure of what to do. I had no job. I had no income. I had nowhere that I could go back to. And so I essentially had to figure out, like, what am I going to do? Um, I worked uh, because I was a student senator. Um, the um, woman who works, I think she's my Facebook, her name is Jennifer Creighton. Thank you, Jennifer. Um, Jennifer Creighton let me work in the Associated Students of the University of Oregon office all through the summer as a student assistant um, until I found a job. I found a job as an admissions counselor um, at Southern Oregon University. I interviewed, I um, took the train down there, interviewed, got the job. And when I got the job, they said, all right, your first day is this day. However, we need a copy of your driver's license. Well, 
When I graduated from the University of Oregon in 2003, I had never driven a car ever. Like never. I like. I mean, I didn't have a driver's license, nothing. So essentially, this short period of time between um, having to um, relocate from Eugene to this small Oregon town called Ashland, I had to figure out how to drive, take a test, and get there. So um, I got a job as an admissions counselor, learned how to drive in one weekend, literally. Um, and for one year, I drove um, across uh, the Washington um, and Oregon border recruiting students to come to the Southern Oregon University. Well, after a year, I decided that um, even though I did not get accepted to any graduate schools after undergraduate school, I was going to try again and I was just going to look at schools that I wanted to go to. Um, I had some work experience and I was poised to make it happen. So I applied to Georgia State, uh, University of Nevada, Las Vegas. Um, I didn't apply to Seattle U because I was like very upset with them for making me think that they were going to accept me and they didn't. And essentially, um, I uh, ended up going to UNLV. Um, prior to going to UNLV, I had never been to Las Vegas. Um, I essentially had never been outside of, um, uh, well, I had been outside of my, uh, because of, I had gone to the National Association of Black Journalists Conference and the Alpha Convention. But um, I had never been to Las Vegas before. I had never toured the campus, nothing. So the day that I, moved to um, Nevada. Um, I got off the plane. Um, I had um, found a possible roommate on Craigslist. Um, I picked this particular roommate because um, in the ad on Craigslist, it said that the person lived one mile from the airport and I figured that I could walk one mile from the airport with the things that I had with me. And certainly I walked, I met the guy, shook his hand and he became my roommate. Um, and fortunately, um, I met some wonderful friends um, and had one of the greatest experiences of my life, like just in graduate school at UNLV. Um, in addition to that, while I was at UNLV in, in Las Vegas, quote unquote, Sin City, um, I rededicated my life to Christ and joined a church, which was not something that I intended to do. But having been in Eugene for four years where there was not, well, there was a church of God in Christ, but it wasn't where I wanted to go. Um, and um, Ashton definitely had no black church at all, as far as I can remember. Um, so the opportunity to go to a church was like really exciting for me. Nevertheless, I wanted to share um, the experiences that I had with going to college because I think um, in hindsight, like the, the experiences that I had really prepared me um, for like what it would be like to work on a college campus and to talk to parents and students about the experience that they would have at a four-year institution. And it prepared me to look in the eyes of parents who were nervous about the future of their child um, because of what 
um, them leaving the nest would be like. Um, it prepared me to talk with students who were first-generation graduate students who were unsure of whether they can make it. It prepared me to um, be able to coach and mentor young Black male students on college campuses um, when um, essentially everything that they knew about college seemed to be sort of a negative kind of hit towards them educationally, confident-wise, etc. And so having a beat the odds, like the, the, the experience of being able to build a career in higher education has been um, one of the great experiences of my life. And it's one of the reasons why like, I'm really um, committed to um, higher education and to young adults, both educationally and ministry-wise, because I know um, what it was like for me, what the transition was like for me. And fortunately, like when there wasn't a support system, like God put a support system in my life. And for me, like wanting to, you know, better understand the educational system, particularly higher education, was a blessing to me uh, or, or was, was my obligation because of all of the wonderful people um, from that day that I arrived in Eugene, Oregon with my little blue thing and walked a mile and a half to my dorm um, to the day that I graduated from UNLV. Um, and I think that all of us have a, a story to tell that um, is sort of the, the the foundation of our ministry and our passion. Um, this is my passion for education because statistically, as a foster kid, as a black male, um, it, seeing some of the things that I have seen, having some of the experiences that I have had, I wasn't supposed to be uh, a, a two-time college graduate. I wasn't supposed to have the success that I had. And, and it's interesting because I went um, I went to a church service and one of the, the persons that were praying, they said something that really stuck with me about this generation and how we need um, to encourage this generation not to have um, a false sense of humility. And what I took from that just contextually is that sometimes um, the, the, we are told that we cannot talk about some of the things that we have accomplished because it might intimidate or make people feel bad or that we are arrogant. But my educational experience and the things that the Lord has allowed me to attain through my educational experience is all credited to God. And when I don't talk about it, when I don't express it, when I don't um, allow, uh, when I don't share it with other people, it's really me discrediting God for who he has made me to be and the experiences that he has allowed me um, to have. And I do not take for granted like education and the experience, and I do not disconnect um, educational endeavors from my Christian walk or the Christian walk of others. I believe they go hand in hand. I believe that God um, give, gave us systems of education and, and teachers and educators and 
my life is, is centered around education because of not just what education does for other people, but education essentially saved me from this trajectory that I would be unsuccessful or that I would not, you know, believe in myself or it just, just, I mean, it's, it's really difficult to explain, but it's not really that complex. Like God uses certain things that we experience in life to catapult us to new levels of success and education was not just the thing that I needed to get a job. Education has been the thing that has helped me to gain confidence in who God is, and it has allowed me to know that God loves me and that um, He is real. And so um, I just thank God for what He has allowed me to experience when I was going through, when I was walking all these miles, when I was homeless, when I was taking the train from Eugene to Seattle, um, when throughout these experiences, like I gained so much confidence in God because I didn't know where the next financial aid check was going to go or what was going to happen when they said that all the students had to get out of the dorms. Like I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't have a car. I didn't have a friend to drive home with, but God like sustained me. He kept me. Um, and he, made life worth living. Um, and I just thank God to ha for having that testimony and for him entrusting me with this testimony to tell other people. And so the source of my passion for education and tenacity is Christ Jesus.